Whoa there, space cowboy. Brokeback Bebop is a podcast with explicit content intended only for mature bounty hunters. Listener discretion is advised. Listen to all 40 steamy sessions of the show right now by supporting Brokeback Bebop at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay. Three, two, one, let's jump! <laughs> that really looked and sounded like you were taking a shit. I, I my body shook. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna hear it on the recording. I was shaking. <laughs> Hi everybody, it's a monumental episode of Brokeback Bebop. We're here, we're back for the penultimate episode of this series, but for the final episode of the entire Cowboy Bebop franchise as we know it right now. That's crazy. Steven, we're here, we've done it. How are you feeling? You know, do you ever have that feeling where you're carrying your partner's kid and then there's like a guy next to a church pew that like slides out and tries to shoot you so you turn around and you get shot in your shoulder but your jacket's really thick and so you're okay yeah i've gone to church before that's about that's about how we <laughs> we've we've been to church in a in a yeah. red state that's what it's like <laughs> you're trying to carry your biracial child down the alley or down the people uh, just start shooting the aisle while everyone's yelling at you it's been a rocky 10 weeks getting through this show, but it's been increasingly fun as we've gone through it. I was saying to you before we started recording, every time I watch these episodes twice for this. Every time I watch it the first time, I'm just annoyed and groaning because I usually like watch it at <laughs> night, just me and my partner, and we're like ready to go to bed. But then I come to watch it with you for the show, and I'm a little bit more – like I'm watching it on the computer, so I'm a little bit less distracted maybe, mm-hmm. even though you're just yibbering and yabbering. I am. The entire time. I always have more fun. Like I was saying, I regardless of if this episode that we're about to talk about is a good episode of TV or not, I was smiling and laughing and entertained the whole time just now. Yeah, it's great. You know, I I think that if nothing else, Zach, this ten episode foray into the live action Bebop has has given me even more appreciation for (laughs) the original. Me too. The original. Yeah. I absolutely. Me too. Because I think when we were going through it, if I went back and revisited, I was a little bit more like, I don't know you yet, and I'm Mm -hmm. trying to find my angle into you. So I was a little one foot in the water while going through it. And absolutely, watching this one, it's making me think, oh, no, they did these characters right, and they did these (laughs) situations right, and this isn't that, and I miss it. (laughs) It's crazy how, how wrong you can get something. Yeah. <laughs> Which is shocking because they already showed how to do it right once, Zach. I don't know why yeah. they said, you know what? How I think wrong you, you can idea. get something while like having all of the pieces mm-hmm. and somehow by mistake a couple pieces fit together. 
but because <laughs> like if you if you had a thousand piece puzzle and you dump it out on a table, like two or three of the pieces would be like already together just by yeah. some happenstance. That's what watching the show is like. There <laughs> are little threads. That you're like, oh, that's something. Like Faye is kind of interesting as a character. Their take yeah. this time, and then in this episode, she says, "I'm the fucking funnest." <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, not no. the rest of the pieces are nowhere to be found. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the episode and get a little more superlative about the live-action version of this show as a whole. But is there anything you want to talk about before we dive on in? Um, you know, I normally talk about anime here. Um, sure. And so the anime season is kind of weird because uh, the fall season is the last one of the year and then the winter one starts the next year. So is it on most of the year? Because I feel like the, there's, there's so many episodes of a lot of shows. So shows either go about it one of three ways, Zach. Let's hear we it. We have a 13 episode season that okay. airs for one season of the year. Kind of makes sense for Cowboy Bebop. Like it's thought of as one thing, but it, it was yeah. kind of like two halves. Well, or they do what like a lot of, uh, higher, budget shows do is they air in two cores so they'll do 13 episodes at the beginning of the year 13 episodes at the end of the year but it's one season they'll do what other oh i guess there's two two more options but (laughs) or they'll air just in two consecutive seasons like my hero academia is airing in the fall season it's going to start again for the winter season or they are a show like one piece that just keeps coming out every week forever It's actually fun for me to hear you talk about that stuff because I miss the days of network television Uh following the release schedules. When fall comes, you've got all of the new shows and you kind of try them all out to see what works for you. I'm really happy to live in the world where you can just kind of watch whatever you want whenever and there's so many phenomenal TV shows that you just got to pick what's most important to you and – like me plan on when I'm in like my 60s and 70s doing mm-hmm. nothing but just catching up on all the shit that I never got to. <laughs> You're like, finally, season two of, <laughs> of two Zoe's Extraordinary yeah. Playlist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it's fun to hear you talk about that because I used to just look at that stuff and the well, ratings. Well, this scratches my so itch for that because it's yeah, sure. really the only shows that I watch weekly other than RuPaul's Drag Race and Hell's Kitchen. Uh, and I guess Bob's Burgers, but is is anime and, you know, right. seeing, OK, what shows are sequels that are coming out that I want to see? What are the new shows that look wild that I want to check out? Which honestly, this winter season's pretty light yeah. on a lot of things. There's a lot of sequels that are coming out, but nothing new that looks revolutionary, except for Buddy Daddies, which looks fantastic. <laughs> if that's not us when we have kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from what I've seen from the trailer, it looks like it's about an assassin or something. And his, like, regular dude friend, and for some reason, or maybe they're both assassins or spies or something, but they end up with, like, a taking in this, like, six-year-old girl together that they have to figure out how to raise while still being spies, and it looks like it might be cute. Interesting. You'll have to let me know how it is. I'm yeah. sure you will. I will. Uh, but in this time right now where it's between the seasons and end of the year, I've been finishing shows that I started and then dropped because I got too busy, so I've gotten sure. to finish a few of those. And pretty solid. I mean, Call of the Night is one that I uh, really liked this year. I talked about on the show. It's like lo-fi Twilight, but instead of Seattle angsty teens, the vampires are like (laughs) sleek anime girls that are kind of like badass and alternative. So that's cool. Um, And then I finished the second and probably final season of Princess Connect Redive, which is based off of a phone game. You mentioned that one recently. But that show slaps. Really, really good. The animation is pretty ridiculous. 
I've been doing a lot of catching up on film. I won't go too much into it, but I will say if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it or heard of it, watch Seek Out the Film After Sun. You could be hearing this like a year from right now, Mm -hmm. but I'm catching up for the 2023 Oscars. And it's just one of those movies that the only other five star I gave out, which if you want, follow me on Letterboxd, Zach Pruitt. Uh, It's the only five star I gave out other than Everything Everywhere All at Once this year, which is kind Mm -hmm. of an obvious movie. And it's just uh, After Sun is one of those movies that I saw three days ago and I can't stop thinking about it and like relating it to my own life. So if you have a spare two hours and you don't mind getting a little existential, maybe getting in the feels a little bit, go check out After Sun. Now, do you make like a yearly ranking of your movies that you've seen? So like... I know you score them all, but do you, are you going to like make like a top 10 list? Because I think I'm going to do that with, with my anime this year as well. I normally do. Um, there have been some years it, but... where I've done that, but there have been years where I haven't seen enough movies to mm-hmm. do it. But I think around the time of the Oscars this year, I'm going to try to have I, – I mean, I don't know. I've at least seen a good 30, 40 movies probably mm-hmm. that came out this year. So I probably will do something like that. Nice. Yeah, Maybe we can milk some sweet content out of it. I think we can. We can do our top ten list. I'll do my top sure. ten anime. I only gave out two tens this year. And uh, I'm sure if you looked into it, you could do a top five films of the year, maybe even top ten films I that you saw. I probably could, yeah. Because we've talked about quite a few. Mm-hmm. I've seen a few in the theater. It's nice because this year I feel like I've been to the theater more again sure. after... It's been a great year for film. I could yeah. do a whole hour about uh, how revitalizing between the two behemoth blockbusters this year. Well, mm-hmm. there are more, but the two really seem like Top Gun, Maverick, and mm-hmm. Avatar, The Way of Water, which yeah. are just like demolishing records. Of course, there's Black Panther, Wakanda Forever mm-hmm. there as well. But I feel like this we're kind of moving past the Marvel era of film a little bit. That's yeah, not Wakanda Forever's fault, but it's kind of coming out at that time. Mm-hmm. But the two, like Top Gun, is like the return to blockbusters where they filmed all that shit. Yeah, and they're in those planes in ways that we haven't seen on film in a movie that feels like a throwback to the yesteryear blockbusters mm-hmm. in a world that's so Marvel dominated. And then there's The Way of Water, that's a fucking technical behemoth. That is literally a new type of filmmaking was invented to make this movie. Um, And people are going back to the theaters to see these movies, and that's great. Yeah, this was the first year in a while that I saw the same movie in the theater more than once. Wakanda Forever? or Wakanda Forever I saw more than once, and then everything all at once I think I only saw in the theater one time. But Mm -hmm. that's another movie that I watched, I mean, immediately again because Mm -hmm. it was so good and enjoyable. There are moments in that movie that I want to put in my editing software so I can go frame by frame through some of the verse jumping sequences or like the fight near the end between mother and daughter where they keep changing locations. It's just insane. And it's a movie that was made on a relatively small budget, which Mm -hmm. makes it even more impressive and Gosh, uh, when you're listening to this, it maybe it already did or didn't, but I, I hope it wins the best picture. Me too. What a cool original film. That's exactly my cup of tea. Yeah. The sense of humor and the family messages and the complicated relationships. It It's my cup of tea, and I love that it's getting such widespread. Like, everybody loves it and is raving about it. Yeah. Seeing that movie and then within the same month seeing Multiverse of Madness uh, <laughs> sure. was such a mind fuck because they do it so right and everything ever all at once and so poorly in Multiverse of Madness. Both movies maybe getting nominated for Oscars. Oh, Jesus Christ. If, if Multiverse of Madness wins a special effects award, I'm going to fucking riot. 
Marvel movies always get those nominations because the and we'll move off of this literally after this, but mm-hmm. the Academy is pretty good at in technical achievement awards. Like it doesn't matter if the movie is bad. Yeah, that's not what they're looking at for those awards. It's what was the most outstanding sure. of the year in technical. And I don't know if that movie was. I don't know. They do a bad job in some parts. I just feel like before I saw Avatar, they showed the trailer for the new Ant-Man movie. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like with that Marvel filmmaking, you can tell everybody's on this platform. Yeah. And then the big, expansive, cool, weird, wild world around them is cool. But that's all cartoon CGI it's all weird cartoon effects. CGI. It's all happening on like a soundstage, and I can kind of tell. Mm-hmm. Because they probably have used the same soundstage for all 25 movies they've made in the last three years. I could go on for a while about how much I don't like Marvel and it, yeah. without having seen a lot of them. It's just because I think they've kind of ruined blockbusters. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about Cowboy Bebop because there probably is a lot to say this week because it yeah, is a blockbuster the in its final own right. episode of the franchise as we have it so far. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the tenth and final episode of the live action Netflix Cowboy Bebop series. This episode is for some reason called Supernova Symphony. Yeah, like uh, like Bittersweet like Symphony song. and Champagne mm-hmm. Supernova. Maybe for the end of this podcast, I'll play those two songs on top of each other at <laughs> the same time. That would be great. Um, this episode was directed by Michael Cattleman. He directed a lot of episodes of the show. He directed Dog Star Swing, Callisto Soul, Binary Two-Step, and the previous episode, Blue Crow Waltz. And it was written by Christopher Yost, who wrote the first episode, Cowboy Gospel, and also co-wrote Dog Star Swing. And it originally aired along with the rest of the series on November 19th, 2021. Let's not waste any time. Let's do some trivia. I've got a whopping two questions. Well, I've got a whopping two questions for you, Zach. I even made, like, I, like, laid out like I was going to do three questions. I wanted to do more, but then I was just enjoying the spectacle, I suppose. Uh, All right, my first question for you, Zach. What planet is Anna's on? Oh, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Mars? Ooh, we were looking for Tharsis. Oh, Tharsis. Okay, I had no idea. I just pulled that one out of my ass. I should have known it was a man. How far? Are they, like, in, like, Star Wars space? Like, are they going super far away? Because, like, I I don't know where the fuck Tharsis is. I also had the thought during this episode when they go into, like, do they call it hyperspace? Probably. The little tunnel thing that they go Mm -hmm. through. There's, like, one port per planet. Like, one tunnel thing per planet. But the planet's huge. And, Uh like, what if... Two of the probably millions of ship in the space or 2,500 people are, like, trying to get in at the same time. Well, that's why they have gates and people manning the gates, Zach. They say, whoa, 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 there's somebody coming from real far away. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Space travel is so normal these days in the show that you can get anywhere, wherever, whenever. But there's only ever, like, (laughs) two ships in the sky. Yeah, in all of space. Uh, let's okay. My first question: How far does Faye extend the image border of her childhood video? Ooh, let's see. Was it like thirty-five percent or something? Really close. Do you want to try again? Thirty-three. Closer. It was just thirty. Thirty percent. Ooh, a flat thirty. Yeah, dirty thirty. You go ahead. What animal does Julia compare Vicious to? I don't know, so I'm gonna say something silly. A penguin. Mm-hmm. Ooh, <laughs> closer than you may think. It was a jackal. Oh, I remember that part. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, my last question. Where did the syndicate kidnap Kimmy? Ooh, they, they took her right out of school. But where? 
Yeah. Fooled you. Where did they like? Where did they hold like, her where while is they? Her came? school. Oh, they uh, say it her in the same school line. in Europa. There you go. Good job. Mm-hmm. She winner, goes winner. To a fancy European school. All right, <laughs> everyone. You've been listening for thirty-nine episodes. You know how this works. Next, Stephen will be uh, challenged to tell us everything that happened. Ooh, this psych week plot on, twist. Huh? Zach, you're wrong. Huh. You do it on this show. Oh. I don't really want to this time. <laughs> well, guess what, Zach? We're yeah. going to find out how well no, you comprehended the episode. <laughs> I guess. We're going to find out. Yeah, roll it back. Yeah. We're going to find out, did Zach uh, comprehend uh, uh. the episode this week? Oh, Zach couldn't dang. even comprehend the rules of the show. So my <laughs> thoughts on his his taking in of the deep, beautiful, tortured story that is uh, bittersweet Superno- Supernova. Supernova, <laughs> <laughs> Supernova Symphony. Uh, bittersweet soundscape. The uh, Ballad of Fallen Jet's Daughter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I see. They didn't have to call it that because uh, Vicious said the words angel and devil a bunch of times. Well, I'm not carrying the weight of this segment, Stephen. <laughs> I won't carry that weight. Well, if you decide to start with the last episode of the show, I'll explain the rules. I'm going to give Zach 20 seconds to not give the me the rundown, the top to bottoms, of this episode. Also, it, with Vicious and Spike, uh-huh. uh, people may think that Vicious is a top, but Vicious is power bottom all the way, and Spike oh, is I strictly top. Oh, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yeah. The moment in the end with Vicious and Julia has big, like, they might peg later mm-hmm. energy. And he's yeah. going to love it. He's going to do yeah. that weird smile thing. <laughs> okay. It's great. All right, Zach, are you ready? How are you feeling about this? Not great. This is a pretty busy episode. A lot going it's on. very busy. I'm not going to get much, if any. If you thought last week's was tough. <laughs> and I feel like I did well. Didn't I get a B or something last time? Yeah, you time? did do, do well. Okay. Not expecting okay. that this time. I have put zero thought into this. Well, Zach, 20 seconds yeah. on the board. Sure. <laughs> Vanna, take us away. <laughs> Have you ever watched a Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> uh, I'd like to make it a true daily do double, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, go. Vicious has kidnapped Jet's daughter to get back to Spike. Jet knows who Spike was and is really angry and wants to kill him. Takes him to Vicious. They kidnap him. They get tied up in the church from Ballad of Fallen Angels. Vicious and Spike have their big fight after everybody gets away. Faye helps save them and Jet gets out. Uh, Julia kills Vicious but doesn't and then tries to kill Spike. Pushes him out the window. She's the syndicate now. It's been Julia. I don't know. I did okay, kind of. Um, you did do so great on the second going, half going, of the episode. Going. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember if didn't there's anything any else Faye, that really. happened the first half of the oh, episode. Oh, Faye looking miss- for who she really is. I didn't get in there. Yeah, I'm going to give didn't you a B plus this week, Zach. Thanks. Why not? Why the it hell not? It was a little panicky, but I think I got quite a bit. Yeah. I thought I had less time than what ended up being there. Yeah, you pretty much got it after 14 seconds. Cool. Yeah, B plus. B plus. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, what's there to do next? Talk about the episode? Yeah, I guess. Well, this is the <laughs> end of the series. <laughs> I think we should kind of go character by character. Yeah. And talk, talk about, about how the beats wrap up. Them. So where do you want to start? Uh, Radical Edward. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's start we'll with uh, with Spike. Spike, okay. this, is, this is Spike's first major moment in the fifth episode of the anime. Mm-hmm. Kind of combined with the 
fight from the end of the anime. Except nobody dies, except for everybody that's around them. But yeah, literally no important character dies. And mm-hmm. I feel like they could have wasted somebody. You said at one point you thought Anna was going to die. Yeah. Totally could have. Totally could have. That's inconsequential. Yeah. And you it would have been Grin. affecting because she's in a lot of the season. Yeah. So Spike. I like a show with stakes, Zach. Sure. And it's hard when doing a, a reboot or remake retelling to have stakes. Better Call Saul does it really well, but it does not happen very often. Well, and, and it's it's hard, but that's why you have a character like Anna who is new, or you have these side characters that are the more new, important. Uh, Vicious and Julia dynamic. Yeah, you could have easily taken out one of them and and done something. I think you you should keep Vicious of the of the two. Nothing against the Julia actress or portrayal, but yeah. Julia is a character that in the sh- in the show gets killed off 10 minutes after we get to know her anyway. She's served her purpose in this series as much as she does in the other one. Yeah. Or it would have even been interesting if what does this show look like if they make the big decision to kill off Vicious here? Yeah, I think that would have been that bold, blows up the entire thing. And would have opened the door for them to tell a different story, which is what they kind of wanted to do anyway. Sure. I think, Spike, I think yeah. John Cho is good in this episode. I do. It's I don't I have the same complaint that I've had all season is that they aren't subtle enough to make Spike as dynamic of a character as he is in the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't really need that out of him in this one because things are just kind of happening to him. Exactly. Um, and then he gets to be like the badass fighter, even though it's not it's kind of a clunky scene as far mm-hmm. as filmmaking and fight choreography perspective yeah he gets to be the badass we've kind of been wanting him to be all season even if it doesn't hit as hard i think spike has a good episode Mm -hmm. and it's more about the characters around him than him but it ends the season with spike in a kind of interesting place that we don't get in the original where his friendship with jet has dissolved he's on his own and Julia is no longer an object of his desire. Julia is the one that pushes him out the window in that yeah. big moment. Uh, this opens up his character to hopefully have done something maybe more interesting in the second season. Well, and it shows a different Spike who now instead of thinking of Julia as this person that he has to go after and this save and memory. be with. Now yeah. she's somebody who twice has not followed through in the way that he expected and he's been basically killed twice because of it and it kind of tracks for this version of the characters because sure spike and julia had a really important fling Mm -hmm. but uh time after time julia in the show has shown that while vicious might not be her interest the syndicate kind of is yeah so she, of course, is has been in this lifestyle for a long time now, and maybe she's more into it than we thought. Who do we want to jump off the spike? Do you want to talk about Vicious and Julia since we kind of yeah, are talking about them Yeah, let's do it. Anyway? I think that the, the, the second half of this season, the most interesting part of the show has been the dive into Vicious and Julia. I and agree. the politics of the syndicate and their own relationship. Which they don't really touch on in any sort of compelling way in the anime. It's kind of just, okay, Vicious is a bad guy. He's kind of been keeping Julia as his wife because she thinks that Spike is dead. And I guess yeah. Vicious was, was the only option because he's going to kill her otherwise. Completely agree. But that's not really the story that we get in this show. I mean, Julia was with Vicious of her own choosing. 
But it was always kept vague of how much of her own choosing, yeah. and and I don't know. Vicious, I think, has a, a another great episode. Like we we praised the actor a ton last time, and I think he has He's just so as silly. good episode this week. His how many times did, did you, you fuck finish? <laughs> I just love the snotty nose smile that he does. I had a, another really good time choosing to watch the choices that actor was making mm-hmm. this episode instead of taking anything too seriously. Yeah, I think it, it... He does a good job in the sword fight. Yeah, he did. And he bounding around <laughs> there doing his thing. But it, it was of the fight I enjoyed his sword usage and... There were some cool concepts about yeah. like using the sword to throw the gun up in the air and grabbing it. That's kind of badass. Sure. Although, as much as I did enjoy getting to see some of the action scenes, have you ever seen like a, a Steven Seagal movie that came out in the last 10 years? Is that why you were groaning when the split screen thing started happening? Well... You were you were it was noticeably unpleasant for you. you yeah, like, I did not Ugh. like the the switch to a split screen, but not all the screen. No, I haven't. Western. But I'll, I'll tell you what I've heard that Steven Seagal in his movies these days spends more of the movie sitting down than it looks like. Yes, so he always is like wearing the same like orange hunting glasses and like <laughs> sure. this vest, and he has a ponytail. But it's basically like it will cut. To him pointing the gun at the camera and he'll shoot and like mm-hmm. and over the shoulder you'll see the bad guy like fall and then it will cut to him doing the same thing at a slightly different <laughs> angle like seven times and that's a little bit what the fight felt like when like mm-hmm. Spike was like an inch away from the guy and he said boom and then there was like a little dot of red and the guy kind of fell back which isn't the fault of the performers it's just the the effects on this show did not live up to the budget and production behind the show. And also, part of it might be that what in the the cartoon anime, I know people probably despise when I refer to it as a cartoon. <laughs> um, yeah, when the tune does, uh, uh, it just wastes people and we don't even think about it because mm-hmm. of the medium. Yeah. It's a little more brutal if we see all these people bleeding and sure. And if there's so much it, of a blood splatter and they need, I don't know. I think to be able to waste people like that and not be like these people are killing people, like Jet being mad that Spike killed people for the syndicate when like they they've been busting fifty, caps. sixty people yeah. in this episode together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so I don't. As much as I enjoy watching Vicious in this episode, there's a little bit more to say about Julia mm-hmm. because they change how we look at that character in this episode. Yeah. It begins with the aftermath from her kind of staging a coup on Vicious and Vicious like punishing her, like smashing a glass on her <laughs> and being like, I will hurt you in new ways and then hurt you some more. You'll wish for death and then I'll just keep hurting you. And then Julia looks him in the eye and says, you're a fucking pussy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Julia is, even though it's not a super compelling version of the character, she's kind of a badass in this episode. Yeah, she really is. We think we're going to see the reunited lovers with her and Spike and like a a beautiful, heartbreaking reason why they can't be together. But instead, no, she's all in on now I can take over the syndicate because there's nobody else. The elders are dead and now Vicious is – I've got his balls Mm -hmm. in my hand. I can do whatever I want. Give him a squeeze. And uh, Spike isn't interested in this life anymore, so she has no interest in Spike or Fearless or whatever. Pushes him out the window 
keeps Vicious hostage so she can say there's this thing that I guess nobody can meet with the elders, which doesn't seem right because we've seen meetings with the elders a couple well, times. Well, no one can see them. They wear those little uh, Duloc masks. Or so she's going to get are. some guy in a mask. and You mean the racist masks? Yeah, the ones that just look like old Asian men. Okay, so she's going to get one of get some dude to wear a mask and say that's Vicious and then be like, <laughs> Vicious said... I'm in charge now and yeah, yeah. do what I say. But I think it kind of works. I would have been, if not compelled, slightly interested in what's going to happen with this new dynamic between her and Vicious in another season. I think that it deserves at least acknowledgement of them doing something different that wasn't a stupid idea. If that totally. makes, like that's like this is like I would be on board to at least watch what happens after this. I agree. Uh, so then let's talk about the other, because they inflate those characters' stories from the original. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the characters who we get a totally different story or a totally new character in this. Let's talk about Gren and Anna for a second and yeah. just talk about how because there's only one season of this show, Gren, completely useless. Mm-hmm. They're obviously building up that uh, probably the Faye and Gren thing would happen next season because they yeah. have a little moment where they meet, but they don't start anything. But just mm-hmm. a little moment that I think is supposed to be read as chemistry. Yeah. Well, and she's then, the fucking funnest. What is the point of the Anna character other than she runs this bar that people hang out at and yeah. she is like telling people things? Nope. I don't it. know anything about this girl. I Her don't know. only role is the exposition that the show treats us like we're too dumb to figure out on our own. I don't know what her life is like. I don't know what she wants. I don't know really what her take on the syndicate and on Spike and Vicious is other than she's not going to get involved. But then she does. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it seems like the perfect opportunity for this show to come up with some new characters that affect the plot lines that we know and love in meaningful ways. And they just don't. Pointless. Mm-hmm. The girl who plays Anna is in Better Call Saul. Oh wow! Because we're rewatching it and we notice her in an episode. And, uh, nice. She's great. She's great in it. So it it's not her fault. No, it's truly not. She's I think she does it. a good job with. She what has she's this given. little flirty thing with Mike Ehrmantraut. Oh, cute. She's great. Uh, that's all I have to say about those two characters. Do you have anything? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Faye. Let's... Faye does two things. She wants to find out more about her past. She's looking for the house where the video took place. And in the the plot against Vicious and kind of against Spike, she does this huge gunship thing where she takes out most of the people in the church other than the main characters. Yeah, I can suspend belief for a moment yeah. enough to okay. think that she with her thermal sensors can go in there shoot up the bad guys that but the part where she fun. shot the ropes and she's just bad. inches away from a kid yeah she's like got the rope oh shit and then moments later they make a moment out of i'm vicious i would never kill a kid like this like um, this fucking moments before guy. they're just bullets everywhere around yeah. the kid you say you can't do stuff on TV in 2021 and they shoot up a church with a kid inside in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Nobody you can do whatever you want. Shut up, conservatives. <laughs> <laughs> Big yeah. Mouth is a show. I think that Faye, I, I'm fine with her at the abandoned amusement park finding a poster with a picture of her fucking house on it. Well, that street well, name is different than yeah, the one It did that, have a different last three letters to it. That's it's a there. suspension of disbelief. I don't think real estate usually advertise in carnivals or amusement parks, <laughs> but I sure. 
I yeah, think and it's dumb. I don't think we needed her to see something no. to assume that she's going to want to find out where the video took place. Yeah. I think it could have just been her analyzing the video, doing the stupid Dehance thing, mm-hmm. finding the street from there, maybe having an emotional moment where she gets to go to the house. And yeah. obviously it's not her family or anything anymore, but they allow her to walk through the house. She sees her old room and tears up a little. Yeah, I think I that think would be great. Perfect. Be a good use of time. And it's kind of a waste of time in this episode because they don't really do anything meaningful with it. Yeah. And that like, would be an go. easy scene. I'm going. Yeah. I packed my bags. Well, let's talk for a second because next we're going to talk about Jet. But mm-hmm. one of the problems at the end of the episode is it says the see you someday space cowgirl wherever. What I don't know exactly the, yeah. the phrasing. See, see you someday or see you space cowgirl someday somehow or something like that. Yeah, which is from when Ed leaves, and Mm -hmm. it's just after we've met Ed, but I kind of referenced it to maybe being like the Fae leaving, and we'll see her sometime. What if the episode had ended with, like, backpacker Faye walking up to her house, having that moment after the Ed scene? I think that would have been a better ending than Spike passed out in an alleyway and Ed being like, let's go get the bad guy. Okay, let's talk about Jet. I want to touch on these characters yeah. that we have left. You go. I know you have problems so, with Jet. We went on a whole riff on how much of a cuck Jet is and everyone yeah. just is gangbanging his wife. I'll talk about Jet in this episode first. I'm okay with them adding the Kimmy getting kidnapped thing. Sure. They see who Spike's hanging out with. They know that that's a thing. Sure. Like that. Sure. It's a way to get him there. My issue is that they turned Jet Black from like a badass captain of this bounty hunting crew to to a a father figure in his own right on the original show. Yeah. Into this like cuck. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think of a different word, but that's like he's just a cuck. Like he like his wife's getting boned by a cop. His daughter doesn't call him. Yeah, what was your him. joke? I wish you guys could hear literally the riffing we do while watching the episode is so We should funny. do like a mystery science theater thing. <laughs> the daughter's missing and Steven's like, where's the wife and the cop husband or whatever? And when they finally show up, Steven riffs something like, sorry, Jed, I was, I just was deep with my cock was so deep in your wife. I had to take a few minutes to pull out so I could get over you. That and I was like... <laughs> Man, two girls in this car called me daddy today. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jet? <laughs> oh, and like Jet yeah. is just like the stay-at-home mom for the bebop. He's like, you're not, you're not back to the ship on time. I'm eight broccoli, you know. And, and like he's not fucking Cleveland Brown from Family Guy. Like Jesus Christ, he's the captain of a bounty hunting yeah. ship. He was the black dog who Jet bites down those, and doesn't let go. Had those attributes, the kind of. Where you guys been? I made dinner for everybody in the original, but it kind of made him more charming because of how much of a badass he was outside of it. And I think it just speaks to maybe Jet suffers the most in this show from Mm -hmm. them somehow not being dicked on making this a show about bounty hunters going after bounties. One thing I thought of while watching this episode was I have never once in this episode thought, 
well, they've got to get money. They're clearly struggling. Yeah. That's such a big part of the original that works. They're they're doing these bounties so they can like afford the gas to get to the next place to find out the the past of all the characters. Yeah. These episodes were not short. They had time to do that stuff and the show would have been so much better if it could have I think this silly version of the show would have been so much better if it was like an X Files E type show where yeah, there's a like villain of the week. Villain every of the episode. week. That would have been fun. And they tried it like two or three times. Yeah, and then they just were like, "Oh, let's just talk about vicious." Like they, the extra time they used for all the unnecessary vicious and Julia stuff, and all the like unnecessary. I gotta get this. The and I'm fine with the episode where he has to get the gift for his daughter. I'm fine with that plot line. But it, that was the entire episode instead of that being a subplot. The dance yeah. recital was kind of funny and cute. That one was fine. Kind of. Kind like, of. Like that would have been something that was endearing if. Uh, Jet was not present in the fight because yeah. of it. We never really got to see him fight, really. No. There are moments in this episode, but not really. Not really. And that's a shame because I feel like that actor is, is would be cool in some action scenes. That was my next point. I've grown to really like the look of mm-hmm. Jet in this episode. I think well, the actor he's black, does just like an in the anime. okay job. Well, no, I think it's a take, a different take on Jet. Because I feel like in the anime, Jet passes being older. Yeah. And he's kind of more Spike's age or seems like a colleague of Spike and not, yeah, like, and a, not like a, a guy mentor. who's been out of this for a while and has yeah. found his zen with his bonsai trees but is still a badass. Did he even have right? the bonsai trees in the live action? Yeah, there were a couple moments where mm. you see him cutting them. It's a really cool character quirk in the original yeah. because we see how he finds his peace. And this one, it's zero piece in the live action. He's constantly. Well, no, this show isn't subtle enough to think about that. They're just like, well, in the cartoon, he had the trees. So let's have a shot with him in the trees. Mm -hmm. Then all the nerds will be happy. Yeah, totally. But it's not the actor's fault, even though I think his performance is kind of just okay. The voice is too much. He puts on too much gruffness. Make him a human being. God damn it. God damn it. Um, God damn it, Spike. Last person to talk about is Radical Edward. We get a flash of Radical Edward. And my take is, again, I don't think it's really the actor's fault because I'm sure everything that they did was specifically catered. They were like, you've got to say this like this. You've got to move like this. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not the actor's fault. Don't know anything about the actor. It's just like the biggest indicator in the show that's full of them that there are things that work incredibly well in anime Mm -hmm. that are just not believable in live action and if you don't have an interesting take on it that makes it work that makes you see the character in a new real world light what the fuck was the point it's so annoying in the seconds we get of ed and i adore that character Mm -hmm. a character that in the original some people find annoying this episode makes me get that yeah. I did I'm glad there is not another season of this show because the small interest I have in the vicious and Julia thing is not worth Butterfly Man, Butterfly Man. <laughs> we gotta go Spike Spiegel. I do not wanna watch any more at all of no. that. And I'm so glad that that's it. And I hate hating on things because I love film and television. I, I can see usually the intent, you know. But it yeah. just did not work in that moment. And that's where we end the series. Yeah, that's the last thing we see. Ugh. Ugh. 
Okay, well, next week we're going to talk a little more superlatively, and we will kind of probably not much, but a little bit return to the live action. The one thing I want to mention before we do the captain and get out of here, on the Wikipedia page for this show, I haven't read this, but there's a paragraph underneath, uh, 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 like, season two storylines. Things that are confirmed. Just this paragraph. I'm going to read it, okay? Uh Uh-huh. In the Bebop Beat podcast interview, the showrunner Andre Nemec, I have not heard that name once. He didn't write or direct anything. Uh, The showrunner (laughs) talked about what would happen in season two, the reveal of the Cosmonaut. Nice. That mean anything to you? Yeah, the Cosmonaut is uh, from earlier in the series Mm -hmm. when they're like, oh, she reminds me of the Cosmonaut. She's like, what's the Cosmonaut? Tell me about the Cosmonaut. And it's a live action. They never do. No. Okay. Uh, Ed finds out the true meaning of family. Nice. <laughs> uh, Jet's mechanical arm trips out. Oh, no. Nice. Wild Jet is tripping out. His arm is unusable and plays the saxophone with one hand. Wow. What? <laughs> I thought this. that's what they were like if we had gotten that season two. <laughs> like, damn it. This is what we had planned. <laughs> Um, Spike's demons of the Blue Crow Massacre will be put to bed. He gonna fuck the kid? Uh, <laughs> uh, Faye finds who she is. Nice. Julia discovers, in quotes, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Nice. Vicious is reborn, and Ayn saves the day. Does I want to see Vicious literally come out of a womb. <laughs> I would love that. That'd be great. I'm back! A sack, a a space sack. (laughs) And also, that last thing, Ayn saves the day, makes me realize what a fucking waste Ayn was. The episode where they introduced him was cute, but Ayn is also a dynamic character in the original, and he's Mm -hmm. just not here in this one. So, let's wrap this episode up uh, before we get out of here. Who is our captain of the Bebop this week? Do you want me to go? Do you want to go? Why don't you go first? Well, if I'm being silly, it's the cop who... Gets to fuck Jet's wife, get called daddy by his kid, and not worry that much when she goes missing because Jet will handle it. Uh, But I think if I'm actually going to give it to someone, I think for this episode, and I never would have thought, I think Julia. Mm, Nice. Because that scene in the end is silly because the CGI of the glass shattering and and Spike falling is dumb and they're trying to recreate Mm -hmm. the thing we all love and that sucks. But the idea that it's different in this version and Julia's like a a power player is kind of interesting. Yeah. She's not just like the damsel in distress. I think it's a great Julia episode, I think, comparatively. Uh, (laughs) Right. But I think Julia does a good job. But I had to give it to Vicious for two reasons. Sure. When he yells, how many times did you fuck Fearless? That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then at the end when he's chained in the like boiler room or whatever and Julia walks in and he goes, yeah. Her, you're <laughs> dead! Is all-time legendary moments for me of acting. <laughs> Steven, covering this show in both of its forms with you has been fun. I came in as a complete outsider, and I'm coming out happy. I'm so glad. I'm happy this that I was able lot to fun. be a part of this journey with you, Zach. Well, you are this journey. I would have oh, never, oh. ever watched this show if it cowboy. wasn't for your influence and for the sweet content we creamed out of it. <laughs> this has been fun. I don't know what else to say. We're going to be back next week to wrap up the Brokeback Beat, kind of with just a fun... Uh, hangout session. Time to zip up the tent. Playing a few games. Talking about horses. the show overall. Talking about what we'd like to see out of the future of this franchise. Because yeah. this is 
the world we live in, it will come back someday. <laughs> Somehow. Some way, Space Netflix Cowgirl. will forget they did it already, and mm-hmm. they will do it again. Yeah. And until then, uh, this is what we're left with, and we're going to wrap that all up next time. Everybody, thank you for joining us on this journey, and see you out there, Space Cowgirl, somewhere, some hole. I'm not going to carry that weight. How many special people change? How many lives are living strange? Where we you while we can hide? Slowly walking down the hall, that's the night of Cannonball. Where we you while we were getting high? Cause it's a bittersweet symphony. This show and our podcast network at patreon.com slash podcast, where starting at $5 a month, you can get immediate access to all 40 outrageous sessions of Brokeback Bebop. See you next time, Space Cowboy. Let's go!